We've been talking the last number of weeks about the Holy Spirit, and he's been given for some reasons. And one big reason is because we need help. We've talked about that, and I'm so glad that when I was asked this morning, when Cindy asked this morning, how many of us are perfect, I'm so glad that no one raised their hand. Because then not only are you not perfect, you're also a liar. None of us are perfect, and we all need help. And when the disciples realized Jesus was leaving them, they knew they couldn't handle this on their own. It was not going to happen, and Jesus says, don't worry about it. I'm giving you another helper. And he's going to not only be among you, with you, he will be in you forever. <clears throat> he knew they needed help. And, and then another reason why the Holy Spirit was given was for gospel advancement, not for personal advancement. The Holy Spirit isn't into our advancement as much as we are. He's into gospel advancement. There is a mission of Jesus Christ that he wants to see launch forward. And so he's all about that. So he helps and he helps for gospel advancement. Now I'm going to just show you just a little snippet. How did this work out with the first problem in the church? So church problems didn't just start in the year 2020 with COVID. Church problems started in the year like zero, you know, whatever it was, or 35 or whenever the church began. And so here's the church's first problem in Acts chapter 6. So notice how this thing came up. I'm going to show you on the screen. So here's the problem. Let's just read through the text and we'll talk about the problem together. So this is in Acts 6, the first seven verses. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, notice this uh, changed font a little bit for you. These are the key words. Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And this proposal pleased the whole group. Notice how this thing finished out. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed, laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread... And, it, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, here's how we know this was a church problem, okay? Number one, it surrounded the issue of food. You with me on this? We know that this is a legitimate church problem, but here's the reality of it. Greek converts to the church felt that they, their widows, were being overlooked in the distribution of food, and Jewish believers, widows, were being given preferential treatment. And so they complained. The, the Greek widows, 
and their people were complaining, hey, they're given preferential treatment. They're getting more food than we are. So here's the solution, and this is the coolest thing. So where do they go to when they were looking for their go-to people to solve the church problems? The solution to their problems was, as we just read in Acts 6, we want spirit-filled people to solve our problems. So they just said right out, they knew exactly what they were asking for, and the people knew exactly what they were looking for. We want people, listen to this, we want people that God does things through that are greater than they are. We want guys that aren't guided by fear, impulse, intimidation, anger, or self-promotion. We don't want human results. We don't want average. We don't want vanilla. We don't want typical. We want people that we have visible evidence of God's unexpected, immeasurable, incredible, dynamic, and unexplainable work. And the people were not in astonishment, like, oh, you want spirit-filled people? I mean, there was no surprise. They're like, yes. This pleased them. Yes. That's what we want to solve our problems. It's people filled with the Spirit of God and wisdom. And so then they chose people just like that, that was asked for. They, they said, Stephen was full of, of faith and the Holy Spirit. So number one, the Holy Spirit is given for two reasons. Number one is because we need what? Yeah, we need help. They needed help. Let's find people full of the Spirit of God. And then the Holy Spirit's given for a second reason, for gospel advancement. Now, here's the cool thing. I don't know if you caught it in the text. Because you realize the problem was the, the Greek widows are being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So then here's the solution. <clears throat> the solution, the result was, it didn't say, and therefore, now the Greek women are given an equal distribution of food. That's not how the text ended. Notice how the text ended. It says, and the word of God spread rapidly. Boom. We need help, and he's here for gospel advancement. Let's get spirit-filled guys. He said the word of God spread rapidly. The number of disciples grew rapidly in Jerusalem. Kaboom. There was an explosion. This is why the spirit of God is given for gospel advancement. And it says a number of priests became obedient to the faith. I love this. I love it. They brought on guys for a food distribution problem and the gospel advanced. And the church grew. And here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I want to ask. How can this be us? How can this be me? How can this be you? Like, I want, I want them to pick us. You know, when there's a problem, I want them to pick us, not because I've been on a board before. You know what I'm saying? Not because I was in management before. You know, not because someone knows how to work a Mac computer. You know, that's almost a miracle of the Lord if you know how to work a Mac computer. Are you with me today on this? 
You know, it's, it's not because, oh, they, they did this special position at this company. It, it, it wasn't any of this. It's like, you know what? We need people that we can see God's Spirit doing something in them that's beyond them. Imagine picking people that you say, you know what, I have no idea why in the world we're picking this person except God's doing something in their life. And it's incredible. And it's obviously not them, so it must be God. That's the type of person that we want on board to help us with our challenges and our problems because we want to see the gospel advance. So we're going to ask a couple questions here this morning. And the first one is, if you're taking notes, let's go for it. Let's jump right into this thing. How does the Spirit change me? It's not an accident, friends. How does the Spirit of God change me? And so I just want to give you the starting point. And while I give this to you, I want you to jump ahead to Ephesians chapter 5. So if you're online or if you're in-house, either grab your Bible or your electronic device, Ephesians Chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verse 18 together, and we're going to be dissecting some words in there for our understanding. But how does the Spirit change me? Well, there's a starting point. And the starting point to how the Spirit changes us is belief in Jesus Christ, period. Someone says, man, I would love for the Spirit of God to work in my life, for me to be more than what I am, for me to accomplish things for God and his kingdom. Well, the starting point is belief in Jesus Christ. I just want to read for you. If you, if you want to jot these down, there's two verses that really knock at home on this. <clears throat> the first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> the, the Apostle Paul says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you. So here he's saying right here, people, boom, God's Spirit resides in you. And he says, and you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. And guess what that price is? The price is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. When he died on the cross, he bore on himself all the punishment, all of God's wrath, that we deserve to get from God for our sin. And so the text is stating plainly, you know what? The starting point of the Holy Spirit's residence in our life is belief in Jesus Christ, that you've been bought with a price at the cross. Here's another passage. This thing lays it out so plainly. Ephesians in chapter 1 and verses 13 and 14. And the text says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So you heard the message of truth, the gospel, the, the, the good news that Jesus died for your sin, and he's your forgiver, and he's to be your leader. And so he says, when you believed, so get, get the timing right, when you believe that, when you believe that Jesus is your forgiver that he died for you. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So here's the big deal, the starting point. The Holy Spirit resides people, resides individuals at the moment that they put their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And here's what it is. That he alone is the way, he alone is the truth, and he alone is the life. And that no man comes to the Father except by him. It's only by the reality that he died on the cross for us, that we can have relationship with God, that we can be forgiven, and that we can go to heaven. Okay, so are we all on the same page with this? Is your coffee kicking in, friends? The starting point to change by the Spirit is he needs to be within you. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then the Spirit's not going to be working in you except to prod you that you need to believe that. And if he's prodding you today that you need to gain that relationship with God, that you need to come to that point of belief about Jesus and give your life to him, I'm just going to tell you, listen to him. Do it. Talk to God. Express the reality that you know you're a sinner. You know Jesus died to bear the penalty for your sin. And God, I accept you. I believe it. Forgive me. Clean me. Make me your child. I want you to lead my life. That needs to be your prayer today. That's a starting point. The question then for the believer is not if they have the Holy Spirit. He's there. The question is, does he have you? That's what we're going to talk about today. Are you in Ephesians 5? Okay, here we go. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verse 18. Does he have you? And we're going to be talking about the filling of the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. I want to give you four truths about that phrase today that we need to unearth, we need to dissect to understand the reality of the Spirit's filling. So let's just jump right into it. Grab your notes, write it in your Bible. Let's figure this out together. Four truths about the Spirit's filling. Number one, it is a command. It's a command. So the way he says it is exactly... How it reads in the original language, the mood and the tense, it is in the imperative. Be filled. You be filled. There is nothing that is calm or casual. This is not a nice, you know what would be neat for you? The Apostle Paul says, you know what would be a neat little tip? Is spirit filling. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, you know know what is an imperative for you? You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's an imperative. So it is a command. Here's number two. Not only is it a command, it is for every believer. So the understanding, be filled, this is in the plural. So it is for everyone. The Apostle Paul isn't saying, you know what? 
make sure that your pastoral staff is spirit-filled, and that's it. He's not saying make sure your deacons and elders are spirit-filled, and that's it. He's saying, and this is the beauty, because I get to talk to everyone today, either in here or on the other side of the lens. He's saying every single one of you needs to be, must be filled with the Spirit of God. So there's not a person that's not hearing this this morning, that this is not a command for. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Individually, collectively, but it is for every one of us. Here's number three. Think about this. We are always filled with something. Now, this is the broader context. I'm going to accordion this thing out, and we're going to look at it together here in just a moment. We're always filled with something. So I have up here um, my little thingamajigger that I'm drinking out of, and uh, this tag kind of gives it away of what I'm drinking. I'm drinking Lipton tea, a little commercial for Lipton tea this morning. And this cup, I'm just going to give you a commercial on this cup. This cup has a little special place in my heart because um, sometimes I have my East Bay Calvary mug up here and sometimes I have this one. This one, because our church has had a long-term relationship with the Pregnancy Care Center, and since we've been giving them these dressers the last number of years, uh, I think two years ago, they gave me this special cup that has my name written on it, Brian Conover. And so um, whenever, I, whenever I take this, I'm always reminded to think about the Pregnancy Care Center. So if you ever see it up here, um, do a prayer for the Pregnancy Care Center and their ministries, a special ministry. But anyway, so, um, so I have this. So I, I drink tea every once in a while, sometimes to clear my throat. And um, <clears throat> I'm getting down toward the bottom. Started on it in the first service, and I'm getting toward the bottom. So when I get done with this, and it's completely all the tea is gone, I take the tea bag out and I close the lid. What's in there? What's in there? Okay, okay, good. You're catching on air. Very good, people. Very good. I was beginning to wonder about you. I was thinking, man, that first service was a lot smarter than the second service people. (laughs) Air. So it's filled with something. It's always filled with something. It's never not filled with something. So if I say, you know what, I'm going to refill on tea. So I refill it with tea, drink that down, air. But it always has something in it. And here's the reality of what the text, the broader context is saying. And I'm not sure whether it is with your device or whether with your page Bible. Can you go back to chapter 4 of Ephesians? Can you look? This is what the broader context is saying. Because be filled with the Spirit is in the passive voice. And that may not make a big difference for you here this morning. But it's in the passive voice. And the idea is we know that you are being filled. You're always filled with something. 
Notice all of the things that we could be filled in or filled with, like in chapter 4. Starting in verse 29, you, you could have unwholesome talk. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. So unwholesome talk comes out of their mouth. Guess what they're filled with? Then notice verse 30. He says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. So what we are being filled with is a suppressant or a grief to God's Spirit's work in our lives. And then notice verse 31. He's going to go through it. These are things we could be filled with. Bitterness, verse 31, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with all kinds of malice. Then he continues on in chapter 5, verse 3, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, any kind of impurity, greed. These are, not, um, these are improper for God's holy people. Notice verse 4 of chapter 5, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, and so he's going through this whole concept. You know, we're always being filled. It's, it's never a point where, no, I'm empty. There's absolutely nothing in me. I have nothing that I'm filling myself with. No, we're always being filled. You realize as we drive down the road, as we listen to music, as we look at the billboards, as we watch the content, as we even have Thoughts in our own mind that we repeat over and over in our heads. We are always being filled with something. And so he continues on and he gets all the way to verse 18. He says, come on and don't be filled with alcohol either. You know where that's going to go. He says, instead, here's what needs to change. Instead of filling your life up with all of this, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what needs to show up. And so we are always filled with something. Now, just just as proof positive of this, look what what else the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 about this same issue. It's not that there's an in-between. It's either or. Because in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, he says, So I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So you notice, I'm filled one way or another. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. So here's this, I'm always filled. I'm filling myself up one way or another, and And I can't go with this, you know, I'm neutral, not much is happening. I am either being filled with my flesh, I am being filled with my human nature, I am being filled with other things, or I'm being filled with the Spirit. And here's a couple other things. He's given us, God has given us everything we need to be filled with Him. We're not at a deficit. Oh, I wish there were more that I could be filled with God. No, He's given us everything everything and here's the third thing can we just be open here for a moment i'm going to tell you my biggest hindrance to being filled with the spirit of god here's what it is and i think it's yours my biggest hindrance to being filled with the spirit of god is me 
I'm my biggest obstacle. Because you want to know one of the biggest things we're full of? Ourselves. Are we talking the same language today? We're full of ourselves. Full of pride. Selfish ambition. I wrote down in my notes, it's in bold, it's big, it's underlined, and then I even underline it again in blue pen. I said this, we can't be filled with the Spirit and filled with ourselves at the same time. Is that truth, friends? It's true. Brings us to the fourth truth about this verse. <clears throat> and let's get practical. How do we do this? I need to be sitting there saying, okay, Brian, I'm convinced. It's a command. I need to be filled with the Spirit. And I see where I've been full of everything else. Like I've been, I'm constantly being filled by everything going on around me. And I'm filled with myself sometimes. How do I do this? Like, how, how do I become filled up with the things of the Spirit of God? So I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 19. <clears throat> Here's the beauty about verse 18. It says, and be filled with the Spirit. Now, do you notice there's a comma there, not a period? So he's continuing. So I want you to see this. Be filled with the Spirit, and he gives us some hows. Here's the how-to. He says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. And then he says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Then in verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. This is all a continuation. So here's number four, and it's so critical. How do I become filled up with the Spirit instead of filled up with all of this other stuff and filled up with myself? And here's where he gets to the how-to. So here's, here's where we need to engage. It's an environment, not an event. It's an environment, not an event. So, and I know what people say. People say, wow, was the Holy Spirit ever moving today in the service or what? And I, and I know what they're saying. But here's, but here's why God gave us a spirit. So he can move in your life every day. All the time in every situation God can give us a spirit so that way between 1030 and 1130 it's awesome on Sunday he gave us a spirit to impact your life every day and he wants us to be filled with it every day and it's an environment it's an environment 
not an event. So here's this comma. Let me just tell you, here's what we can do to fill ourselves up with the Spirit of God. And the first one he mentioned in verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Speaking to one another. So guess what this means? To be filled with the Spirit of God is more than I came and sat and listened to a guy and left. It's more than that. It's looking to your left and your right and it's being engaged with other people all week long and speaking to each other. That's one way. And we speak to each other. Notice it says psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Now some of you, maybe there's a reason why he said, why don't you speak them instead of sing them? You know what I'm saying? Some of you is like, uh, singing's out. Just say them the words. That'll help them. But this is an engagement more than just, you know what truth you need to know. There's, there's an engagement and a ministry of comfort. You know what songs do? Hope. There's teaching in them. There's perspective. And he says, you know what? There needs to be a ministry to one another. Because Christianity isn't just about you and God. It's about you and those next to you and God. We are to impact and influence each other. I'm just going to be honest and say the Church of America doesn't do well at this. And our church needs to continue to grow at this. I think we all found out TV church is a flop. Plus it puts 10 pounds on me. And I don't need 10 pounds on me, people. We need each other. And so the text says, speaking to each other. You want the Holy Spirit to be working and a part of this environment, be filling with His Spirit? Well, you need to have someone come alongside you and speak His words into your heart. That's the environment that needs to happen. If you're a Christian loner, you need to hear this, and your life needs to change. Whether it's be in a small group or whether you get with someone else and you have a real relationship with them, speak to one another in ways that ministers God's Spirit to them. Here's number two. So part of this environment is ministry to one another. Part of this environment is ministry in yourself. <clears throat> because it says, make music from your heart. This is your life environment. There needs to be something going on in here all the time. And, and so, you know, it's one of these, um, like, like Paul also says in the, in the cross-reference to this very verse in Colossians, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So for some of us, this means, you know, I need to blow up the Bible app. I need to have something in front of my face every day about God and his word. And I need to chew on it and meditate on it and think about it. This is that environment. It's not an event like I did my devotions. Check. Went to church on Sunday. Check. This is an environment all week long. If we want to be filled have this environment in my life. I have other people in my life saying it, and I'm saying it as well in my life. I'm letting God's words speak in my life. I got a song in my heart. 
boom, I'm going down the road. I may look silly to the person next to me, but I'm singing God's stuff. It's in my heart. This is a constant environment in my life. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm the vine. You're the branches. And he says, any branch that wants to bear fruit needs to be connected to me. There's a ministry to one another. There's a ministry in yourself. And I'm going to tell you, he lays it flat out. One of the big things to this environment of being filled with the Spirit, verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Always. And you're saying, Brian, how does, how does giving thanks affect me being filled with the Spirit, okay? Remember, the biggest thing that we can be filled up with is ourselves. So one of the greatest obstacles being filled with the Spirit is a complaining heart, a dissatisfied spirit, someone who is grouchy or they have a problem with everything or they're bitter or they're ticked or they're frustrated. I have never, ever heard someone say, I was so ticked and then I, gave, I was filled with the Spirit. You know, it just doesn't happen. Thankfulness in everything. It's an environment, not an event. And what happens when we're filled with the Spirit? I'm just going to give this to you, and then we'll be finished up. You know what happens? Look at verse 21. Because <clears throat> there was the period at the end of verse 20. Then he says in verse 21, you know when you're filled with the Spirit, <clears throat> when you have this environment, when you let God work in your life through other people and into your life personally, and you don't have a complaining attitude, guess what's going to happen? Verse 21, you're going to be humble and submit to one another. Woo, that sounds neat. It's going to affect your marriage. Look at verse 22. Wives, you might even be able to put up with your husband if you're filled with the Spirit. And all one of you said amen. It's true. Husbands, verse 25. You can love your wife much better. Even look at chapter 6, verse 1. You know, kids can be filled with the Spirit. This isn't just an adult thing. Imagine what your kid's room would look like if they were filled with the Spirit of God, people. Imagine that, but they can obey. If your kids are in an environment of God's Spirit at work in their lives, they can obey. So I got a question for you. And I would love for you to stand with me and just to focus and I want you to contemplate don't even be worried about anyone around you maybe it helps to close your eyes and I want you to think about this it's not a matter of if you're filled what are you filled with With what are you filled with today? What do you fill yourself with all week long? Because one hour on Sunday doesn't cut it. 
It starts with Jesus in your life. That's the starting point. It starts at the cross for all of us. That's your first decision today. But can I say boldly today, some of us need to pull the drain plug and empty ourselves of ourselves and of a lot of things that have nothing to help us at all with the Spirit of God. And then create a different environment where we're connected to others who have a ministry in us and we fill ourselves up with things of God's Spirit, a ministry in ourselves, and we stop complaining and we become thankful for all God's given us. Is that you? Would you take 30 seconds right now, whatever your prayer is, to empty, to change your environment? Do you need to get a friend? Do you need to develop some habits with that friend of what you're going to do to fill yourself up with God's word and the things of God? Do you want to be different? Would you talk to God right now? 30 seconds. Talk to God. look at me for a moment because here's what I want I want when there's a problem I want when there's a problem someone says you know what we need some people we choose some people that are full of spirit of God we need some people that show us evidence that God's spirit is moving and I want to be able to call your name Let's get them. They can help us. Got spirits working in their life. They can help us solve this. And here's what I want. Not that that problem is merely solved, but that the word of God spreads. And that people come to faith in Jesus Christ and more people become obedient to the faith. That's what it's all about. I want to be able to call your name. I want people to call my name. I want God to see his spirit reigning free in our lives. And so God, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the spirit of God, let it be us. No more churchianity. No more one and done on Sunday. God, no longer the event of church, but God, the environment all week long. Fill us. Use us. Teach us. Mold us. Change our week-long environment where we are filled up with you. And may people look to us for solutions 
And may your word spread. May people come to Christ. May people become obedient. And may you get the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. 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 And I say to you today, friends, be filled. Be filled.